seven months of lockdown. Wow, seven months of lockdown. That's a long time, you know, and for you guys to persevere and to hang in there and to endure and to be coming. Some of you probably have been coming to every, most services online and certainly every Sunday. And, you know, the fact that you've just endured this time of seven months and it can feel really hard at times. But, you know, what I've really loved is the fact that you've, you've really persevered in this um, and, and the love that you've shown to each other has been absolutely amazing. Praise the Lord for the love that I see and watch and observe amongst one another during this time when you can become quite tired and discouraged, but you've persevered and you've, you've hung in there and you've loved each other and you've listened to God's word and you've asked questions. You know, just a beautiful thing that, uh, that God hasn't stopped working. And you've heard me say that a lot, that God hasn't stopped working. And I believe that. This isn't a time where Christians think to themselves, it's the, it's, you know, God's on pause. Not at all. This, if anything, God's moved even more uh, and worked even more if, if there's such a thing because God doesn't stop working. And even in this time, we keep believing this is what he's doing. So God bless you for your persistence and your love and your care um, and, and the fact that even after so many months, you've just hung in there and, and continuing to do the will of, continuing to do the will of God. Uh, let's read. Let's read, first of all, right back in the Old Testament, the book called Joshua, uh, of course, named after one of Israel's leaders, Joshua. If you go back and open up to the book of Joshua in chapter 6, and uh, I just want to read five verses in this book, and, um, and, and I want to just share with you some thoughts on this. And God willing, hopefully you're encouraged and you're strengthened in your faith you know, because really at the end of the day, what we greatly desire is your faith to be strengthened in all things that happen. That you may stand for Jesus, live for Jesus, glorify Jesus in everything that you do. So Joshua chapter 6, we know that uh, Israel has been traveling through the wilderness. Uh, they're getting to the end of their journey and they're about to get into the promised land and they've got Jericho. <laughs> they have to deal with Jericho. Okay, and, um, and in, this, in this verse, in this chapter, chapter 6, it says this. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go around the city once. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times and the priest shall blow the trumpets. And it shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn and when you hear the sound of the trumpet that all the people shall shout with a great shout, then the wall of the city will fall down flat and the people shall go up every man straight before him. It's an incredible story. It's a wonderful story where God uh, conquers uh, Jericho for his people, but they have to do what God is asking them to do. And I can imagine being Joshua at the time, you know, when you're leading God's people and God's given Joshua instructions and he's telling Joshua, this is how you're going to conquer Jericho. I can imagine like all, all men and women of God, when, you, when you're first confronted with these things, there can be these possibilities where doubts rise in your heart and you think, Lord, how am I going to communicate to the people that the way we're going to get these walls down is by walking around them? 
How am I going to convince them that this is your plan, God? It doesn't sounds very unconventional. It doesn't sound like something that's going to have really great might involved in it. But nonetheless, Joshua obeyed. And this is what God's asking us to do. God's asking us to obey even when it's difficult to understand what his word is telling us. Obedience begins to demonstrate the things and the promises of God. So he goes ahead and obeys. And when I was thinking about a message this morning and I was thinking the title of this message because I'm not generally very good at organising titles for my messages, my first initial thought and and probably still is, is is the idea of enduring faith, enduring faith, faith that needs to persevere. And then I was thinking this morning to myself, maybe there's another title for today's message. Maybe the title isn't enduring faith. Maybe the title is seven more days. Seven more days maybe the title this morning. I'll tell you why. Because Israel, perhaps, you know, some people suggest even hundreds of thousands of people walking through the wilderness, here they are 40 years later, 40 years later, about to get into the promised land, and God says to them, stop. i got one more thing for you to do, and it's going to take seven more days. Could you imagine? They've got all these years of having to endure and to walk and to put up with the hardships and and, and to have to continue to go on doing the things that God's asking them to do. And then at the end of the time, they're thinking, yes, we're here. God's saying, hold off, hold off. You still got to do some more. You got to still do a little bit more. You got to hang in there a little bit more. You got to persevere a little bit more. You got to just hang in there and hold on to the things I'm asking you to do because in seven more days, you'll see the victory. Can you imagine the people perhaps at the start thinking, oh, Lord, another seven days. I've got to, I've got to hold on another seven days, Lord, but it's been 40 years, Lord. Do I have to hold on that little bit more? Yes, that is enduring faith. That is enduring faith. That is faith that perseveres, even that little bit more. That is that faith that hangs on there, even that little bit more. When we feel like we've had enough, when we feel like we're too tired, when we feel like we can't keep going, God's saying you need to hang in there, have enduring faith. Seven more days. And I don't know what's going to happen today when we hear the announcements from our premier. And, and you might you might listen to today's announcement. You may think to yourself, oh, there's more we have to wait. That's okay. For the Christian, that's okay because God doesn't stop working. God has never stopped working. And whatever the announcement is today, God is still calling us to have enduring faith, to hang in there and allow the things of God to continue to work. Because even in this time during lockdown, God is still working. And the Christian above all people needs to understand and to believe and to hold on that God still works. And whether we're announced today that we're going to be out or whether we're going to announce today it's going to be still weeks or months away, the the Christian holds on believing God is still working and their faith endures seven more days, seven more weeks or whatever the time might be. Endure in your faith. Because we know, brothers and sisters, that faith is is something that is working in the life of the Christian and needs to be working out of the life of the Christian. You know, think about your own faith today. Think about where your faith is today. Think about where your faith was at the start of lockdown and where your faith is today. Has your faith been strengthened? Has your faith been challenged? Has your faith been weakened? Has Have other things crept in to somehow hurt your faith? Or have have you allowed things to come in only to build your faith? You know, sometimes faith happens instantaneously. Do you know that? Sometimes you have faith and all all of a sudden you see something happen and you think, wow, I just prayed about that. But sometimes faith doesn't happen. Sometimes faith isn't instantaneous. Sometimes faith requires time. This is the truth of God. Sometimes faith 
requires time. How long? I don't know. God knows. See, the Bible says this in Hebrews 11 verse 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. See, why is faith the substance of things hoped for? Because when sometimes it feels hopeless, faith becomes the substance of things hoped for. Because when you can't, when you can't see the end, God is saying, have faith. It's the substance of things hoped for. And then in Hebrews 11.6, the Bible says, for without faith, it's impossible to please God because the one who has faith believes God is, never changes, and is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Because that's what faith does. Faith continues to believe that our unchanging God is Lord of lords and King of kings. And if we diligently seek him, that we're in the, we're in the persistently seeking him, that he's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him because faith sometimes works suddenly, but often, my experience, faith takes time. Faith is working and faith becomes the substance of things hoped for. It's not always something that happens straight away. It's like if you've ever gone on a family trip and it's a long car trip, children, you would know this when sometimes your parents might say, we're going for a long drive or we're going on a holiday and you all jump in the car and uh, it's going to be a long drive. And uh, the classic things we see sometimes on movies or in ads or even you might have experienced yourself is, you know, this, this, this drive is going to be hours, 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 and then half an hour in, what do you hear from, from the back seat? Are we there yet? Yeah, are we there yet? Because, because the sense of wanting to get somewhere really quickly is a human experience. It's a natural experience. You know, I don't, do I have to wait eight hours to get there? And half an hour in, it feels like you've waited seven and a half hours already. And you say, are we there yet? And this is where it gets really, really tough. And so I know sometimes when we used to take our children on long trips like that, we do everything we can to set up their back seat to make it as comfortable as possible for them and, yes, for us. Because we knew it was going to be a long trip. But this is the beautiful thing because even in that trip, even in that journey, God is working a faith that is perfecting in us. So when we ask the question, are we there yet? It's not really a question of faith. The question is God is working what he needs to work in the time while we're getting there because God doesn't stop working. We see here a situation where God is asking them, we read, God is asking them to walk around Jericho. They're saying to God, God, it's like they're saying to God, God, are we there yet? God's saying, hold on, I've got something else you're going to need to do now. You need to endure a little bit more. I need you to walk around once for six days. And then on the last day, I need you to walk around seven times. Why does God do that? Listen, I want to ask you a question. Why did, why did God need them to walk around six days and then on the seventh day, seven times? Why did God even really need to do that? Like what's the rationale behind God having them walk that many times around Jericho? Because think about it for a moment. Could not God have said to them, okay, everyone, assemble yourselves around Jericho. Now I want you to shout and the walls come down. Absolutely. Could God not have said to them, okay, everyone, I want you to get together at a prayer meeting and I want you to pray just outside Jericho and you're going to witness the walls coming down? Absolutely. So why did he get them to walk around six days and then the seventh day this many times? Why does God do this for God's people? Why does he have them endure that little bit more? Why does he have them working that little bit more? This is the work and the, and the purpose of God. Let me answer it very, very simple. 
because God will do what needs to be done to perfect his will, both in you and in the circumstances around you. Simple. And if God knew that it's going to take six and seven days for the will of God to be perfected in them and around them, then he'll do that. Why did God, for example, need Israel to be so long in slavery in Egypt? Again, the same reason. God needed his will to be perfected in some way in them and around them. Why not have them in slavery for 10 years, 50 years? Why so many years? Why did God have them walk through the wilderness 40 years when it could have taken them maybe a week or two even to get to the promised land? Again, the same reason. Why did God stay silent so many years before the Messiah came? Why was he silent so many years before the birth of the Messiah where he didn't speak to his people through prophets? Why did God do that for, I think it was hundreds of years before the Messiah came? Because again, God will do what he needs to do to perfect his will in you and in the people in the situation around you. This is the will of God. So we endure. We endure. Rather than caught up, get caught up with this mentality and this idea, are we there yet? We endure knowing that God, even in this time, is perfecting our faith and perhaps even the faith of the people around us. What a beautiful God we serve. He knows exactly what he's doing. And this is a beautiful story of how God is still working in his people and asking them to do one more thing, if you like, for him. Is your faith getting tired? Are you getting tired? Is this lockdown getting you tired? Are the restrictions getting you tired? Are other things getting your faith tired? Beloved, I believe that the greatest battle is the battle to believe. It's a battle to believe that even if it takes longer, God is still working. Remember that beautiful verse in Isaiah chapter 40? That even when people felt tired, even when God looked at his people and he saw a tired people, he said this, but those who wait on the Lord shall, that's the, one of the most important words in this verse, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And do you remember that beautiful verse in Hebrews chapter 12 when even our Lord Jesus Christ had to suffer many things? You know, why didn't the Lord just, why didn't his father just have him two years on this earth? Why three years on this earth? And the Bible says in Hebrews 12, we need to look to Jesus, our example, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Even Jesus did it. Even Jesus needed to endure the cross. Despising the shame and now gloriously has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. God knows what he's doing. And if you're tired, I encourage you this morning to know that God renews strength and he's calling you to endure. Endure the cross, endure the pain, endure the time, endure the circumstances, let your faith be strengthened because perhaps you're not there yet. And God is working. God is working still even in this time. So let's look at Joshua chapter 6, and I want to look at these verses briefly with you this morning. 
Verse 1, the Bible says, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. Isn't this a beautiful thing? Because for God, God is actually working something here quite miraculously because, like I said to you, God isn't hindered by the walls. Now, some people tell us that the walls were an incredible structure. Some suggest three metres high. Some suggest the width of the walls up to three metres even. I'm sorry. Yes, up to two to three metres potentially in terms of the width of the wall. And so um, so there's this... There's this structure that's massive. That's that's massive, and and the Bible says that uh, it was it was shut up. It was made secure because of the children of Israel. Now you know what? This is easy for God. Do you understand that sin, for example, is an easy thing for God? Do you understand that circumstances are an easy thing for God? It's not for God. He could he could his breath could be and the walls can come down. This is not a hard thing for God. What he's doing, he's calling his people to believe in what he's able to do. It's like that famous nursery rhyme. Maybe when you were a child, you might have sung this song at this nursery. Remember Ring a Ring of Roses? Ring a Ring of Roses, a pocket full of posies, a tissue, a tissue. We all fall down. You know, it's like, a, it's like this, it's just casual. Everyone just falls down. It was lots of fun, you know, because you just fell down. And, and it was this idea that uh, it was something that was fun to do and easy to do. You know, for God, this, this walls of Jericho was like that. It was like at a breath, you could just knock it down. It wasn't, it wasn't hard. It was like child's play for God, if you like. But for his people to believe was the challenge. And the Bible says that the walls of Jericho were tightly shut up or made secure because of the children of Israel. There was a sense, an element of fear of the children of Israel that they made sure that nothing was opened, everything was closed, so that the people of God could not penetrate these walls. Isn't this a beautiful picture of what the enemy does in our lives? Doesn't the enemy create walls around us to the point where he designs them? He designs them for you. He designs them securely for you so you can't penetrate these walls because in your mind, you'll look at them and you'll think, wow, what a structure. How in the world am I going to be able to get through this wall of doubt, this wall of sin, this wall of circumstance? And the devil designs them, if you like, just for you. For the sake of the people of Israel, these walls were made secure. And that's why it's folly. Listen, I'll give you, I'll give you some, 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 some advice. That's why it's folly. It's foolishness. For me to look to someone else and say, what is he? Why can't he get over that temptation? Man, that's an easy temptation to get over. That's foolishness. Rather, I need to look to myself and say, why can't I get why can't I get over this temptation that I'm experiencing? Because that temptation might be designed for that person for a specific reason because of their experiences or their upbringing. And the devil knows if I get him with that temptation, I'm going to get him well. But for me, that does nothing for me. So he'll, what he'll do, he'll look to me and he won't use the same method. He'll use something else because he'll create walls that he knows I will find hard to penetrate. That's the real test. Not, not judging someone for their temptation, but rather judging yourself for your own. So the children of Israel, these walls were designed for them. They were designed and secure for them. This is what the enemy does. He does this because he wants to purposely, he wants to purposely create walls that are too big to overcome and designed to keep you from penetrating them. But for God, it's child's play. Believe me, brothers and sisters, it's child's play. And he's calling us to endure. And he's calling us to believe. 
Look at verse 2. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given you. I, I, I know what they've done. I know what they've done. I, I understand what they're trying to do. But Joshua, I want you to remind, remember something here. I've given you. I have given you. Uh, uh, Jericho into your hands. It's king and it's mighty men of valor. Joshua, come here. It's like, Joshua, I want, I want to tell you something. I want to, I want to whisper something to you. See what they're doing? It's not a problem for me. It's not a problem for me. Because I've given to you the king, the mighty men of valor. It's yours. It's in your hands. And I tell you the truth. This is where the battle really lies. Are we going to believe that God has said it and God will do it? that the temptation in your life will be overcome, that the sin in your life will be broken, that the circumstances of life, you'll be able to endure it, that the situation around you, you'll be able to see God work in it because this is the faith that the Christian is called to have. We need to endure seven more days. So God says to Joshua, Joshua, you have to believe because I've given it to you. Stop looking at the wall. Maybe even stop listening to the murmuring of the people who were saying to you, seriously, Joshua, this is all you got for us? And stop looking, looking, stop looking at the, 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 the wall and stop listening to the doubts and, and believe what I have said to you. I have given you Jericho. Wow. I will conquer your sin. Praise God. I will care for you. Amen. I will break the power of addiction. Praise the Lord. This is, this is the faith. God has spoken and we believe. Verse 3. And you shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go around the city once and you shall do this. Um, and you shall do this for six days. This is very unusual battle techniques. You know, you don't you don't train people up and say we're going to walk around the walls. Very unusual battle techniques, but this is a beautiful reflection of what we're told in the New Testament. Did you know that? What we learn and what we understand from the Bible, from the Scriptures, from the New Testament, is that our battle, our battle, is not done through carnal. Weapons. Doesn't it say that? This is this is what we understand as lives as Christians. We don't go around winning battles using carnal weapons. Our weapons of warfare, the Bible says, are not carnal, but rather they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. This was the stronghold, was the great wall of Jericho. This was a stronghold. That wall is a symbol that was real and it happened, but it's also a symbol today of the strongholds in our own life, the things that capture and bind our minds and our hearts and our thoughts and our actions and our reactions and all those things that happen in our lives that try and bring us down and cause us to be weary. He says, you know what? Our weapons are not uh, uh, our weapons of warfare are not carnal. We don't use human weapons to win wars of, that are spiritual. For example, we don't begin to try and uh, manipulate people so we can get our way. We don't yell and scream and swear so we can get our way. We don't lie about things to get our way. Our weapons are not human weapons. We don't follow the patterns of this world in order to find that we're going to progress somewhere or get through something. No, our weapons are mighty in God. They are weapons of faith. 
They are weapons of believing. Sometimes we speak, sometimes we don't speak, but they are weapons of believing. Sometimes we act, sometimes we don't act, but they are weapons of believing. They are weapons of faith. And we see God go before us, telling us, I have given you the city. So we endure. We endure. We endure seven more days. We keep believing. If it's going to take six days to walk around, then we walk around six days. If the seventh day is going to be seven times, then we do it seven times as well. And verse 4, And the seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark, but the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. There's so many people helping each other out here. There's people carrying the ark. There's people carrying ram's horns so they can blow the trumpets. There are people walking around with them. They're all helping one another. And, you know, sometimes when we endure faith, when we need enduring faith, sometimes one of the most timely things that can happen is a brother or sister is there alongside of you, helping you to get through that circumstance as well. Don't close yourself off. Don't hide yourself. Don't run away thinking you can do it on your own, especially if you're becoming weary. Because sometimes the best thing that can happen in that time to endure faith is to have someone come alongside of you and work together to do what needs to be done to get us through. This is God's design. Do you remember when Israel was spying out the promised land and they came back and 12 leaders, 12 leaders, and 10 of them said to God's people, we can't do it. We're like grasshoppers in their sight, discouraging the faith of people. But two Joshua and Caleb stood up and said, no, hang on, stop. If God said we can do it, then God's going to give it to us. And they encouraged God's people. They're the people that need to get around you. Don't get people around you that are going to discourage your faith. Get the people around you like Joshua and Caleb that are going to say, hey, we need to stand together in the promises of God. Let's pray together, whether it's on Zoom or on the phone. Let's pray together because we believe in the promises of God. This is not positive thinking. This is truth and promises that God has given to us. Remember when Israel were in battle and Moses had the rod and he'd lift up the rod and every time he'd lift up the rod, Israel would be winning the battle. But when his hands got tired and he dropped the rod, uh, they'd start losing the battle. What did Aaron and Hur do? Again, they got alongside of him. They got alongside of Moses. A beautiful picture of how the body of Christ works together when we need to endure in our faith. For Moses, it was getting hard. How long was he going to be able to hold up this rod for Israel to be winning the battle? He was getting tired. He was getting tired and weary. And so Aaron and Hur came one side of him each and lifted up his arms and held up his elbows because there they were supporting him and encouraging him so that Israel as a whole could win. Be an encourager of faith. Find ways to encourage your brothers and sisters. And if you're feeling weary, don't lock yourself up, but get out and ask for this kind of help as well. Really important. And here they were working together, walking around. The Bible says in Ephesians, sorry, the Bible says in Galatians, it says, and let us not grow weary because sometimes we can grow weary. Let us not grow weary. In other words, don't get tired for doing good. Because you want to do good and you're probably not seeing much results. But the Bible says, don't grow weary while doing good. Don't get tired of doing the right thing. Hang in there. That's another way of putting putting it. Hang in there for the good that you're doing. For in due season, at the right time, yeah, when God 
does it? Because how long does God need them to walk around? Well, as long as he needs to do it to perfect his will in them and other people and other circumstances. Don't grow weary in doing good for in due season you're going to reap. You'll get the results if you don't lose heart because the greatest battle is believing. Let your faith be nurtured this morning, brothers and sisters. Let your faith in the word of God be encouraged. God has not stopped working in you and in the circumstances around you. He never forsakes his children. And then it goes on, and it's quite interesting because the next verse says, and therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those of the household of faith. There is this link between doing good and particularly to those, your brothers and sisters. Keep doing good. It's incredible to watch the love that you have for one another. Don't give up. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep sowing and keep growing because God will allow you to reap in due season. And then finally, verse 4 and 5, uh, verse 5. And it shall come to pass when they make a loud blast of the ram's horn and when you hear the sound of the trumpet that all the people shall shout. Now everyone's getting involved. Shout, uh, God has given you the city and the wall of the city shall fall down flat and the people shall go up every man straight before him. So everyone now gets together. There are people walking. There are people carrying. There are people shouting. Every single role, every single responsibility, everyone needed to do it and needed to do it in faith. And can I encourage us, brothers and sisters, as we walk this journey together, let's keep walking and enduring in our faith. Together, let God work and continue to work his mighty ways and his mighty deeds in our lives. So I want to finish with this. I want you to finish by remembering these three things. In this time in your enduring faith, stay connected. Stay connected. Please, stay connected with God. And stay connected with your brothers and sisters. Don't isolate yourself. Don't hide yourself away. Don't forsake the assembly. It's only hurting you. Stay connected, please. Stay connected within the word of God. Stay connected with the things of God. Stay connected with the people of God. Stay connected. Secondly, I want you to encourage you to stay caring. Stay caring. You know, one of the most beautiful things that we can do when we're enduring faith and things seem like they're just never going to end one of the most beautiful things that we do is to find ways to care for others. It's more blessed to give, the Bible says, than to receive. There is a blessing in caring. And even when you don't feel like doing it, one of the most beautiful things you can do when you need to endure and things aren't going your way is to stay caring for others. Stay connected and stay caring. And finally, stay away. Please, brothers and sisters, when we're enduring faith and things seem to be taking a long time and you've got seven more days, please. Stay away from old habits. Stay away from old habits. When old habits begin to creep in and take over the new habits in Christ, this can damage your faith. Stay away from old habits. Old habits are the sorts of things that will capture your heart. And when something captures your heart, you start to lose interest in the things of God. But rather build and grow good, healthy, godly habits. Because the Bible says where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. Please, brothers and sisters, when you're enduring faith, stay connected. Stay caring and stay away from these old habits. And may the God of grace, may the God of goodness and grace continue to be uh, pouring out his love and his mercy and his goodness upon you. In however long we've got, may you continue to endure in this lockdown, but even for the rest of our lives, enduring, believing in the promises of God. Let me pray for us. Loving Father, I thank you for your precious promises.
that never fade away. And even when sometimes it feels like we have another seven days to go, or another seven weeks to go, or another seven years to go, I pray that we continue to endure and continue to believe because you never stop working. Bless your people, make your face to shine upon them, and speak powerfully your truth into their lives, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.